unique theme, the depart of worship, our worship service today. And I hope you catch it in the scripture that is read and the pictures that you see. And it has to do with the theme of having a childlike faith, a childlike humility, a childlike um, disposition. Um, it's, nothing, it's something that we don't speak about every Sunday, but today that we will in the scripture text. And so I just want you to be noticing of that theme. So today is a, uh, I'd like to start off by reading Psalm 78. It was, I first heard this psalm um, read about uh, maybe 10 years ago by a small uh, t- a young teenager, probably about 12 years old. He was reading the scripture with a lot of conviction. He didn't have a father in his life, and he, um, I think when you hear the scripture, you'll understand why it meant so much to me. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings from the old, things that we have not heard or known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they would, should set their hope in God and forget not the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The scriptures do remind us that we do have a relationship with our God, that we do have a connection with our Lord. And so um, that must be passed on to the next generation. Please join me in prayer. God, there is nothing more important to us that we impart our faith, your faith you have given to us, to the next generation. We take that responsibility very seriously and with a lot of uh, heaviness and regret in our life of the ways we have pleased you in that way and ways we have not. But today, God, in our worship service, um, fuel our worship. Inspire us with uh, your Holy Spirit in ways that we cannot do ourselves. Help us uh, own that responsibility well of passing on our faith to the next generation with clear conviction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please stand with us. We're going to sing number 630 together. Um, What a friend we have in Jesus. Please be seated. 
Again, uh, welcome everybody. Very glad you're here today. I um, wanted to show you a couple of pictures of some good things that are happening this week. Um, we had one of our, our first middle school meetings that happened this past week with Club Beyond. It's been exciting to see the kids that have gathered here since, um, since Grady has come here with Club Beyond. It's been really refreshing to see kids meeting together. It hasn't happened in a while since, uh, since the last couple of years. So Ryan's going to pull that up for us. There we go. There's some pictures right there. You know, there's nothing life-giving about kids that are meeting together, um, friendships that are happening and building in Christian community. I think all of us remember when we were in junior high and high school, it's good to have, have friends there together. Here's kind of a blurry picture, but a lot of kids are meeting in that fellowship room next door, and it's so good um, to have so many people there, too. Um, this is kind of a strange picture. You can't see much here, but we have a guy here, Josh Melinda. Josh, are you today? I think he's there in the back over there, too. He's, he's one of the stars in the plays that happened over at Kelly. He's um, over on Kelly, Midsummer Night's Dream. You know, kids get involved in all aspects of their life and clubs and activities. A Christian should be involved in everything, in drama clubs and such. And so thank you, Josh, for just your participation in that and your, your influence in every part of life. Um, we have a Club Beyond trip coming up this summer. And uh, Grady, are you still here today, Grady? Come up for a second, Grady. I'd like you to talk about what's happening um, this coming summer, if you have just a few seconds to share with us. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, I'm glad to see we got the whole slide up here this week, so I, I got to cheat off. But um, we'll be in, uh, in Scotland at a little camp called Karen Bray. It's something that Club, Club Beyond puts on every summer. This is actually the first time we've been able to do this for a few years. So it'll be uh, high school students from this installation from other ones in Germany will be up there. The 9th through the 17th, we're taking a bus. It's going to be a fantastic time. Um, what was that bus drive there? I don't know. It's going to be a long 30 one. 30 hours. It's going to be a long one. So <laughs> if you can make it through that, you're good, though. And then, um, yeah, if you've got questions, there's scholarship money available, 790. I know that's a lot, but, uh, you know, we don't want anybody not to be able to go for that. So if you have questions, please let me know. We've got a limited number of spots, but uh, we'd love to have you there. So, that cover? All right, thank you. I met my wife and dated my wife on one of these Club Beyond trips 25 years ago. We were driving from Naples, Italy, all the way up to the Czech Republic, and uh, that's how we met and fell in love. And so I, I'm glad that our chapel is doing such a wise investment in our youth, junior high and high school. It is probably one of the best investments I think we can do in this community, so let's keep that up. Yeah. Um, this past week, PWOC gathered together again after the winter hiatus, and it was so encouraging to see so many of you women gathering over on, and Panzer, um, 9.30, 11.30 on Wednesdays. There are probably about 15, 20 new ladies, and if you are looking for authentic connection and friendships, it exists there. Sometimes you look at these big groups and they sound intimidating, and how, how could I kind of be a part of that. How could I have meaningful relationships there? But if you want it bad enough, it's there. And I would encourage you, if you are looking for friendships, women, women, find PBOC and make some connections. There's some good studies happening all around this community, all different places. So, so just a thought for that, too. Um, we have, let's see, one more announcement. Let's see. Yeah, with that thought. Let's stand. Let's sing our next hymn together. Behold our God. Inquire, won't you come join us and help us sing? Thanks.
Please be seated. Today's Old Scripture reading comes from Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. That is page 533 in your pew Bibles. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, O Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The New Testament reading comes from Luke 18, 9 through 17, which is page 742 in your pew Bibles. Luke 18, 9 through 17. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to them, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Josh, for reading today. As we are uh, spending this season um, considering the thought, the excellence of Jesus, learning about his different personality, learning about Jesus' character, um, Jesus' roles and his purpose, um, it's also good for us to ask the question, what does Jesus expect from us? I mean, we should trust him, of course, that we should obey him, that we should learn to abide in him, learn to to follow Jesus. Of course, to learn how to take up our cross and follow Jesus in the fullest sense of what that means. But there's very one simple thing that Jesus specifically asks his followers to do. And it's simply that we would remember him. Luke chapter 22 Jesus, right before his crucifixion, right before the cross, he said, I want you to remember me 
every time you take up this Passover meal. So today in the service, um, we're going to give priority to that time. Time of communion that we celebrate the first of every month, and sometimes we put that at the end of the service, but I think it's good sometimes to celebrate communion in the apex of our service, not to rush it at the end. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, Those of you who remember, this is a time we remember in a very sobering way. Uh, We remember Jesus' broken body through the bread that is broken. We remember the cup um, that is filled with the fruit of the vine, wine so much like Jesus spilled blood. He's The blood, as you know, is a covenant for the forgiveness of our sin. And this is a special time, too. I I know you know that, but I wanted just to say it again. It's a time of self-reflection. It's a time to take these elements never in a careless way. And if you just don't quite know what that wafer and that juice represents, I just encourage you to wait on it. Don't take it just because everybody else is taking it. Save it for a time in your life when you personally understand what the juice, the wine represents, and what the broken, broken body means personally for you. Today's scripture reading, I, I know you heard it quickly and we kind of rushed through it, but it was a story of Jeremiah, and he was called as a young man. And then the New Testament reading, we heard again, there was Jesus, in contrast to these Pharisees, he, he demands that we come to him as a child with a lot of humility. And the same way we approach it with communion too today, we come with, with humility. We come receiving, just like a child would. A child receives easily, and that's how we approach communion today. So as our ushers come forward now, ushers, please come forward. When we do receive the elements, I just ask that you hold on to them together. Hold the bread in your hand. Hold the wine in your hand. Just think about it. Do some self-reflection. When the elements are passed out, I'll, I'll lead us in the scripture together, and then we'll celebrate communion together. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan, if I haven't met you, and um, one, of the, one of the pastors here. Uh, today is a very special day because it's all about Jesus' interaction with children. We love, 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 love having children with us in the service. Anywhere from, uh, you know, you hear, I knew it was going to happen too, like after the communion, I was... I was I always listen for how many cups are going to get crushed by a little kid, but we love the noise. You'll hear babies crying in here. You'll hear kids just doing things. And that is a sign in every church in the world that the the congregation is growing. A quiet church is a church that that is not growing. If it's too quiet, right, then then. People aren't making babies. So that's what we do here, okay? Um, let's, let's mix it up here. Uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, 
It's a passage about Jesus and the children. So I'm going to ask everybody right now, if you are 12 years old and below, I want you to come up here really quick, do a little lesson. 12 and below. 12 and below, just come right, right, sit right up here. I have something special, just right here, boom. Look at all these, right here, just right here. You can sit right there. Just sit down and face this way. I'm going to teach you something right here. Sit down, just sit down right here, sit down here. Do a little lesson right here. Okay. Wow, okay, I did not expect this many. I'm going to stand up right up there, so I have something for you. Okay. Yes. Yes, I was hoping Lena would come up here as well. Okay, watch this. Okay. This. We usually had, we had a, a castle, but we, lo- we lost our castle. I don't know. got lost in the, the, pe- the, the movers lost a lot of our, a lot of our boxes. So our castle is gone, but, but pretend this is a castle. In our family, we call this the castle illustration. It's like a, you know, a tree house. And this tree house is, is your mind. It's your heart. This is, this is who you are here. And sometimes, sometimes, has anybody ever experienced anger? Yeah, anger. So anger is like this, this, like, dog stuck in here. Anger is like this little, what is this? German it's German shepherd, yeah. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, I'm so angry at people. Oh, and then this thing somehow got into your mind. Right here. Anger. That thing can spin? Yes. You would pet it? This is where it gets fun because all, all this ad lib stuff. This is hilarious every time. Okay. So this anger is in your mind and you're like, oh, why am I so angry all the time? Have you ever said, I, I hate that person? Have you ever said that? Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. But that's there. But you don't want it there because God doesn't want you to have that anger in there. So how do we get rid of this? How do we get rid of this anger? You, you can push it. Yes. Oh, and that's good. And you go, you go. Boom, and this anger is gone. It's gone. And then, and then next thing you know, another one comes back, and, this, and then you're angry about something else right here. Okay? And then you go, oh, I want to get rid of that. See, that one's gone. And then all of a sudden, there's a different type of anger right here. You know, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Dora anger. Okay? And you don't want Dora to there, so boom, that anger's gone. And then sometimes, sometimes you're, you're just minding your own business, and then, and then this, little, this little, really little piggy here of jealousy comes in, and it creeps in. And next thing you know, you're jealous, and you go, I, I want what they have. Or you're like, my sister got this, and I didn't get that, and they, you're angry at them. And it's this little piggy's there, and how do you get rid of that? Well, yeah, you, you could push it down or whatever. And then next thing you know, you know there's, uh, there's, there's another thought of greed have you, ever, have you ever been greedy about something or jealous? Here's Pooh and his little honey there, and just obsessed with his honey, and he he needs the he believes he needs the honey, and and then I don't even know what this is, but there's a, these these are all enemies, right? These are all enemies that are in our minds. So you have the anger here, and then you have this this bad thought here. You have this person here who just makes fun of other people. That's not cool. This is from Moana. Okay, here you go. 
Where's Dora? And then you have, so all these, all these things represent bad thoughts. Bad thoughts. Yes, because sometimes bad thoughts can, can look really cute, but they're really not. They're not cute. Okay. And, um, and, then, and then this guy's depressed. Eeyore, he's always, he's always sad. He's always moping around. And, and you don't want to be like that either, right? He's doing Oh, he's doing a handstand. Okay. I've never seen Eeyore that happy, but here, here we go. Okay, so these, all these thoughts, all these thoughts. Here's my question. How did they get into our mind, into our heart? How did they get there? Yes. I think it might be from sin. No, that's a fist pound right there. Boom. From sin. Like, like what? Like, like when you go into a room and you think like, right. wow, they have something better than me. You might yes. get angry at the person after a fight with your sister yes. or something. And then yes. will creep into that gap point yes. and make you mad or greedy or something like that. Did you hear what she said? Just basically, sin lets these things in. That's exactly how it happens. Okay, all right, children. I think there's four, there's four ways, four ways where the sin gets in to our minds. Like these sinful thoughts, four ways. There's four enemies of your heart. You know what your heart is? Can everybody point to their heart? Well, actually, actually, we don't know where the heart is. We know where the physical blood-pumping heart is, the one that pumps blood through. But when the Bible says heart, it's the deepest part of your soul. It's what you think with. It's, it's so deep. So, but we don't know. If, it, I don't know if it's in my finger, and if I cut off my finger, then I lose my heart. No, it's just somewhere on us where we, we think with our heart, we believe in our heart, and we have to guard our hearts. But sometimes these things get filled, our heart gets filled with all these bad thoughts. I think there's four ways. There's, so I call them bridges. Pardon me, Ryder got these for me, and they were muddy from outside, but they, but they serve as an illustration right here. And Kyler got them too. The first bridge would be guilt. It's the first enemy of your heart. You know what guilt is? Guilt is when you've done something bad, and then you start beating up yourself like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that again. And you keep beating yourself up. That's guilt. Or, or it could also be called shame. Thanks, Lena. She's, that, that's amen and baby speak. We love baby noise. Thank you for the baby noise. Okay, so guilt, guilt. The second bridge would be, let me see. Let's just call this bridge anger. So if, if the first one, guilt, is, means you're, you're, you're angry at yourself. And then the second one would be you're angry at someone else. You ever been angry at your brother or your sister? No? Okay, yes, yes. Everybody who has a brother and sister says yes. And if you're angry at them, you say, oh, I, I hate you or I don't like you or you owe me something. You took from me, you stole from me, and you owe me something. Another bridge would be greed. What's greed? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want, uh, I like Sarah's head, but I want that, you know. I don't have one like that, so, so jealousy is I want something uh, that somebody else has. Or, or um, oh, yeah, greed. We're talking about greed. Greed is like, I want one of those for me. I want more, and I want more. The last bridge would be called, uh, let's just call this bridge jealousy. Has anybody ever been jealous? 
course. Yes, yes, we've been jealous. And jealousy is really, is really people who are angry at God. And they're angry at God because they believe God should have given them something that they don't have. You could be angry at God. People, your parents could be angry at God because they believe God should give them a different color, should have been born with different color hair. You can be jealous and angry at God because you believe you should have been taller or shorter or different ears or no or whatever. Stronger. Stronger, yes. So all these things are uh, guilt is I'm angry at myself. Anger is I'm, I'm angry at someone else, my brother or my sister or my mom or my dad or my classmate. Greed is I'm angry at the world. I need more. I, the world owes me more. And then jealousy has been angry, is getting angry at God. Now watch this. The only way these things got there is because they went like this. They went, they're minding their own business down here, and then they go, oh, oh this person built a bridge for me. <laughs> and this angry dog, said, yes, yes, they built a bridge for me. They made it so easy. Now I can play in their mind. Wee, yes. Okay. So how do I get rid of these bridges? Because these they're only here because the bridges. I can break the bridges. Thanks, Mina. Well, how do we get how do we break bridges? Your foot, your hand, yes. But but here's since this is a spiritual illustration, here's how you get rid of a bridge. Yes. I think an idea is that maybe you could talk to a person or apologize if you did something wrong, but like talk to a family member because that might help break the bridges down. That is Who's your parents? That's, you've done well. This is, this is great. Yes, you have a question. Such a good question. They, she said, what if the bridge breaks? Tyler, don't you? What if the bridge breaks, but the dog's still there? We'll talk about that. So, um, Giselle? Yes. Okay, you could also repent. Nice, solid chaplain kid answer. Okay, yes? You have a question? Yes. Dude, hmm, maybe uh, I should attack them, or you should be like, hmm, maybe I, I should just be kind in my, my own business. Like if someone's yes. hurting another person, should you be like, hey, yes. stop. Maybe you should if you're trying to stand up, but if you're trying to pick a fight and be like, hey, get out of here, stupid, yes. then you should yes. probably stay down. What's your name? Lincoln. Lincoln. That's awesome. If you didn't hear what Lincoln said, he goes, maybe there should be a fifth bridge because all of, this is a choice. Yes, all of our sin is a choice. We could never say the devil made me do it. In our house, we don't, we can't, we don't say he made me mad because we know sister can't go in my soul and make me mad. I have to choose to do things. So if I hit my brother or my sister, which I have, I'll confess, it was because I chose to. They didn't make me. One time I threw a padlock, my brother... Like, we were fighting, and I threw, I threw a padlock at him, and it hit him right here in the leg. And another time, he jumped off the couch, and he broke my clavicle. Okay, but, 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 he, but he, I didn't make him do that. He chose to do that. And then, and then my dad put me down on the couch and then started to beat up my brother while I was watching. And I said, please take me to the hospital. Yes. Okay. All right. That's awesome. He says, well, actually, Marcus Aurelius says the power of the mind is about choice, right? Okay. All right. I was not reading Marcus Aurelius when I was your age. That is awesome. Okay, so back to this. Here's how you 
destroy all these bridges. Here's how you destroy all these bridges. You confess. You know what confession means? Lincoln, yes. It means that you're, you're admitting the truth. Like, if you did something wrong, you're like, I You admit it. Yes. Admit it. All right. Fist pound right there. Boom. Ow, Woo. you're strong. Okay. So, he said, if I admit it. I admit it. It's the same thing. It's not, this is not just for children. This is for your parents as, as well. When they're wrong, they have to admit it. I did something wrong. This was wrong. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done this. And once we admit or confess, then that bridge is gone. It's gone. It's blown up. So if I'm angry, if I'm angry at somebody, well, this is the guilt bridge, right? If I'm angry at myself, then I say, Lord, I am actually really angry at myself. And I keep beating myself up. And then the next thing I do is I say, thank you that this bridge is gone because I just confessed it. Boom, this bridge is gone. It is gone. You can karate chop it, but I can't because these are really thick. Okay, so, but the doggy is still there. The doggy is still there. So the next thing I have to do is get rid of the other bridges. What happens if I get rid of all the bridges and I leave one? If, 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 um, I, leave, if I get rid of all the bridges in my life, but I leave one, then they're all just going to go through this bridge. And like, ooh, this is so cool. This person created all these bridges for us. So the second bridge, guilt. We have anger. If I'm angry at somebody, if I'm angry at my brother or my sister, how do I get rid of this angry bridge? Owen? Boom, fist pound. He said confess. Yes, so I say, I am mad at my brother because, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because he said something about me in front of my friends and I was really embarrassed okay so um my brother said something to me i confess and i say lord thank you for your forgiveness thank you that this bridge is gone we got two more to go guilt anger how about greed let's just say i'm a really greedy person and when when we practice giving in here we go like i don't want to i don't want to give i don't want to give any put any money in there because i i want this what do I do with that greed bridge? How do I get rid of that? Um, Lincoln, you, you went... Uh, James, hold on. Okay, listen, and then, and then what were you going to say? Love it. He just said, you can confess it. So I can confess, and I can say, you know what, Lord? When I, I knew in my heart I should have given this to someone, I knew I should have... Uh, reserve some money to give back to uh, the work of ministry, whether it's this chapel or our, our church back home. I confess I was greedy. You know what happens at that moment? This bridge is now gone. It is gone. Yes, so this is gone. Okay, one more bridge. Guilt, anger, greed, and, and then jealousy. Let's just say that I'm not happy with the way I look, with how tall I am. I, me, I've always been the smallest person in my class. And I got made fun of a lot. So I, I wrestled with jealousy my whole life. But it wasn't until I got rid of this bridge that I started saying, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for how you made me. Um, yes? Amen. Yeah, I'm going to give you a fist pound here. Boom. Everybody got it. Did you hear everybody's? The theme of this whole thing was I confess the anger. I confess the greed. I confess the, the jealousy. And I confess... Guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy.
okay? That's the theme. Whenever you feel these things in your heart, you just start confessing one of these things. So the last one, I confess that I am experiencing jealousy. And guess what happens to that bridge? It's gone. It's gone. Now, um, you said, these people are still there. Well, once the bridges are gone, now this is easy. Now I just start saying, you know what? I confess that this is anger, and then and that one's gone. Throw a dog, yes. And then it's like shooting fish in a bucket. Okay, once the bridges are gone, once the bridges are gone, these things will start to disappear. Confession is the key, thank you. Boom, is there any other enemies there? Door is still there, boom. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. This right now is, is a clear mind. When your mind, when your mind is clear of all the junk, it looks like this. It looks like this. It's peaceful. Your mind is peaceful. If your mind is full, if you have a lot of bridges in your life and there's no confession, there's no relationship with Jesus where you're telling him these things all the time, then your mind will be filled with all these things and it's always noisy in the mind. Adults think about the same things. Why is it so noisy in my mind? Why am I so angry all the time? You know, what, you know what I know about your family? I know sometimes there's fighting in your home. I know that. My sister. My sister. Guess what? That happens in our house. That happens in our house. Is there yelling at sometimes? Yeah, of course. But God wants us to be in a constant state of confession. Confession, and as Giselle said, repentance. So I confess. All, I look, at my, I look in, deep down in my heart, and I go, what's, what's there? Okay, that's there, and then it's gone. But if I deny it, if I go, I don't, I don't have a problem. It's her fault. It's his fault. Then these animals will just stay there, these bad thoughts. Yes? Yes. Yes. It feels good, right? It it feels good to get rid of these things. My one of my best friends, his name is Bill. He said this confession thing is fun, so he's constantly confessing his what's going on inside, and then he's experiencing what you said. Feels real good. Feels real good to be free from all this stuff. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for all of you that you would practice at an early age how to confess what's in your heart. And when we don't confess what's in our heart, when we keep it all inside, and we don't share what's going on inside, it, start, these, it starts to eat us up from the, from the inside. I do this with my friends. I'm friends with some of your parents. Most of your parents, a lot of your parents. The fields. The fields, yes. Friends with the fields. And, and we... The adults do this. We get together and we tell each other what's going on in our hearts because we don't do it alone. God wants us to do life together and you always share your feelings with someone you trust. Okay? All right, that's all I have. Is there any more questions? Okay, uh, one last question. Lincoln gets the last question. Another way to kill jealousy bridges is by thinking about people who might not have that. That's like, right. Yes, yes. They barely have as much as we That's right. I bet they don't have both like these. 
Yep. Or clothes like these. I bet they don't have those things. So think yes. about being like them if you don't even have a single penny. Yes, thinking about others. Thinking about others. My Sunday school teacher taught me, her name is Joy. She taught me that Joy stands for this. Jesus first, others second, and, and myself last. And she said, if we, we do that, then we'll have, we'll have joy. Um, I'd like to teach you a song. I, we'll end with this. And, and then, um, okay, one last question. Um, this is more of a statement. I think another okay. way to get rid of jealousy would be by accepting, like, on how tall you are, what your yes. hair color is. Yes, yes. Accepting it and just enjoying life. Yes. And not, and not dwelling on it. Yes, she said... One of the other keys is just accepting who you are, how tall you accept everything about yourself. And that, that is great. When the opposite, once I get rid of all these, I fill it back up with truth. So I don't want just these things to be gone. I want to also replace them with the fruit of the Spirit. Can I teach you a fruit of the Spirit song? Okay, let's see how fast you can learn this. It goes like this. Ready? You, you, you want to sing it with me? Okay. It goes like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. One more time. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right, thank you, children. You can go back with your parents now. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Thanks, bud. I tell you what, um, man, some of you, you parents should be real proud of yourselves. I mean, those are some sharp kids. I mean, what kid reads Marcus Aurelius? insane. I'm, I'm just going to wrap this up. I, I had you open to that passage, and uh, I, I thought, should I preach on that passage or just role model what that passage is? And so that's what we did. But just real briefly, real briefly, um, this is Jesus' mission statement, but it also applies to children as well. Jesus came to do five things. He says it right at the outside of his ministry. I preach good news to the poor. We can say we preach good news to the children. This is five reasons why we should engage children. Proclaim release to the captives. Children can be held in bondage. bondage if bondage happens in the mind, children, can, they need it just as much as we do. Recovering sight to the blind. Setting free the oppressed, people who are, who are... In the ancient world, children were very oppressed. Very oppressed. And proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Everything we just talked about now... Uh, everything we talked about was about forgiveness. The, the year of the Lord's favor is about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. If we teach our children forgiveness now, then they never have those four bridges. Those four bridges, guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy, are all angry at something or someone. And it happens real quick. You only have to be alive for a few years to experience your first hurt. You only have to be alive for so many years before you have something that you need to forgive. And a person, when something happens to a child and they don't learn how to forgive or to deal with it, that thing manifests for the next 30, 40, 50 years.
until someone comes along and gives them the gospel, the good news on how to deal with that stuff. So there's a lot of bad news in our lives that needs to be met with the good news of Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate healing, the ultimate freedom. And that's what Jesus came to bring, kingdom living. I, I want to read to you some uh, theology of some parishioners we have here in our, in our congregation. Uh, I just started asking people about their, about their theology. Uh, these are, I mean, real parishioners here. Um, I asked, what's your denomination? And this person says, what's that? I asked another person, what must people do to be saved? Uh, and then this person says, I don't know. I'm reading these real quotes. I asked another person, what's the trinity? And I got this response, I don't know. So what do you think about these people who have no doctrine? Or the doctrine is false. Here's another one. Who created the world? True answer, Santa Claus. What does God think of a person who has theology like that? Owen? They're crazy. It could be crazy. This came from a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, a six-year-old. came from all people who, got, who Jesus said, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. For Jesus, let me read the passage here. People were bringing, this is Mark 10, 13 through 14. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them, verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. He was angry. This is the angriest that Jesus has ever been with his disciples. Indignant is used seven times in the New Testament. Each, every other time it's used when the religious leaders were indignant towards people. It's used when the disciples were indignant towards the other two guys who were asking who's the greatest. It's used for uh, bad, but it's used for Jesus once. And Jesus was the most angry... He was the most angry at his disciples when, when, children, when people were bringing their children to him and the disciples said, hey, stop, don't, don't bother the teacher. This is the maddest Jesus has ever been at his disciples when it had to do with children. He was indignant. I tell you, verse 15, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And after that, Taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. So Jesus gives children attention. I'll tell you one of the things that has, has, I've become indignant at for years, and it's this. Whenever we have a small group and someone says, well, we're going to have a Bible study. This is great. What are we going to do with the kids? Can we just put on Veggie, uh, veggie Tales for them in the, in the other room? And put a movie on for them so they don't bother us, so we adults can talk about deep things. First of all, we don't ever go into deep things anyways, in those, whenever that's said. We're not going deep. Two, Jesus wants them in, right in the midst of there. And the disciples were so angry, if you just look at the verses right before, they're talking about divorce. So Jesus is preaching to a big crowd about divorce. This, this scenario is mentioned in three, in three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So each gives a different perspective, but for, for two Gospels, they're talking about divorce, right? And then in the midst of the divorce conversation, 
we think, because it's the right next passage, people are bringing little babies up to Jesus. And the disciples were going, what are you doing? This is not a subject for little kids. It's not a subject for little babies. Get them out of here. And for, and for some reason, Jesus goes, this is exactly a moment for, to role model what we should be doing. This is, bring the children. So he gives a double command here. Uh, bring the children here, and two, don't hinder them. Now, we can apply that in several ways, but we can hinder kids in, in a lot of ways. We can hinder children by the way we treat them. I'll tell you what, one of my biggest, one of my biggest struggles is I want to be more Christ-like when it comes to giving my undivided attention to children. But oftentimes it goes to a screen, to my work laptop, which I've brought home way too many times, to something other than the fact that what Jesus would do is give children his undivided attention. And that is not a guilt thing. That's a, hey, let's do this together because I know you're struggling with the same thing. And if I could blow up every iPhone in the world, I would. I, I, I'm indignant with mine, and I've told my command, please take this back. Do you have any flip phones? And they say, no, we don't have those. Are you crazy? But and my, one of my goals when I, when I sat down with my family for 2023 is to figure out a way where I'm weaning myself off this thing to the point where I can get, just get rid of it or just make an easy choice and just not stare at it all the time. That's just one practical application in 2023 for, for something that has, has been around for, forever. And that's the temptation to think that children aren't worthy of being here with us. When Jesus uh, says the, the exact opposite, opposite. I don't know if this is what it looked like back then, but this is uh, a depiction of people bringing uh, babies to Jesus. Okay? And the word for indignant in here is aganak. Uh, Aganakteo, agon was very much, and akthos, which is pain. Aganakteo, intense displeasure. As I said, this is probably the angriest that Jesus has ever been at his disciples. Um, I do, part of, part of my, my daily job is I listen to people for a living. And having done uh, official, professional, professional sit down in a room, with a chaplain hat on, counseling for 15 years, I've noticed one thing. People bring their problems that started way back when they were children. There's not a single person who has come to a, a counselor of any sort that isn't bringing something that started when they were children. And as I, as I listen, sometimes I just feel the burden and the brokenness of the person sitting in front of me knowing like, oh my gosh, you've been carrying this for so long. When people cry for the first time, I say, how old are those tears? How long have they been hiding inside there? And they say, 20 to 30 years. So my challenge to all of us in 2023 is to engage our children because things happen. It doesn't have to happen long. It's, things are happening at Patch Elementary that are very wounding. Things are happening in elementary schools where our children need to be engaged when they come home, our houses, I'm calling us to repent and to create houses that are the safest place in the world for our children. Home has to be the safest place because the world's already brutal. It's already very brutal. So when they come home, it has to be about healing and listening and engaging and putting whatever it is away to look at them in the eyes and say, tell me what's on your heart. Tell me what's on your heart.
I'm, I'm going to give a plug for two, two books that we, that we uh, spent a lot of money on in the chapel here. This is probably the best book on parenting I've ever read by Paul David Tripp. It's called Parenting. It's gospel-centered parenting. This book will, will radically challenge your perspective on parenting. And Paul Tripp says here that your number one goal, that our number one goal as parents is the pursuit of our children's hearts. Is the pursuit of our children's hearts. So if you're, if you're into the gospel, uh, gospel-led parenting. And then lastly, I like uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield, a wonderful book on, she says, that the gospel should always come with a hot pot of soup and a warm cup of coffee, inviting people in and role modeling for our children what it looks like to be hospitable to others and to, and to bring people in. Um, and and that has, all that role models healing for, for our children. I'll, I'll end with this. Um, five reasons why to engage our children. If you look at these five reasons, well, how about sharing the good news with them? Proclaiming true freedom. There's a lot of fake pseudo-freedom out there. Helping them see clearly through issues when it's very confusing now. I, I, Ryder, my, my 13-year-old middle schooler, he was in school, and they asked him some questions for him. He was just dumbfounded. He was like, why would you ask me that? Why would you ask me to, to identify that on this piece of paper, which is a homework assignment that has nothing to do with it? Why would you ask me that? So our children are going through all kinds of confusion. And when you're confused by, a, by the public education system, that's very confusing. But that doesn't matter because we're here to give them truth. The home is where the education happens. So we clarify these things. Every time my, my child hears or says something that's very confusing to them, they come home and we can clarify it with truth. So we're not scared to send our kids in the midst of that mess because we're here to clarify it at home. How about lifting up children who are down and teaching them to role model forgiveness? You know where I got these things? These are just the five things in Jesus' mission statement. That's all. Just took it. Church, I'm asking us as, as Patch Chapel to do this together. And imagine for, with me for a second what it would look like if we committed this year to engaging our kids. And how about, how about this? Confession happening horizontally with one another and saying, man, I am failing at this. I'm looking to do this with someone. Join at the hip, shoulder to shoulder, because I'm failing in this area. And if confession happened horizontally like this, then we'd be able to do life with one another, help each other, engage our children together, and then they'd be radically, radically um, impacting the world. So that's my challenge for all of us. Let me, let me pray for us, and then we'll close our service. Father, thank you for role modeling for us your priorities, which in the midst of teaching, in the midst of uh, crowds you gave children your undivided attention lord we repent we repent for for not giving our undivided attention to children for staring at other things and giving our attention in other places we thank you for your forgiveness thank you lord that we uh, don't have to do this alone but we can do this together as a congregation and may the rest of the world see our works and praise the father in heaven in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get over.
across from the West Point at Constitution Island. And is their um, childlike heart of always wanting to be teachable, of wanting to um, connect with cadets that started what I understand till still to be today is the longest continuing acting club at West Point, cadet Sunday school teachers. Because a lady like her had a childlike heart and never lost it in her 70s. So you, me, never lose your childlike heart. Stay humble for the Lord, will you? I will too. The Lord's blessings be on you this week. Thank you for worshiping us together. Thank you for taking the extra time in our service today. I was sincerely wishing you God's blessings on you this week. Okay. Let's uh, let's sing our next our closing hymn.